story is found in Mark chapter 2. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus and, after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. God is good. So much, Ali, and uh, do keep that uh, passage in front of you. That would be really helpful. Uh, if you are one of our younger people and you would like to be able to see better, um, there is lots of space here. So what you can do uh, is grab a grown-up uh, and you can come and take a seat down here or indeed join Ali on the front row here and, uh, and that would be great. It would be good if you could see. Uh, so do feel free to move, uh, shuffle along, bring a grown-up uh, and that would be great. Also, oh yeah, thank you. Uh, we do have some colouring sheets uh, as we go through the service. Uh, if that's a useful thing and you would like to make use of that. Oh, sorry, I'm flicking your stuff everywhere, Ali. Uh, do uh, grab one of those. I'm going to leave those uh, on the front here, over here. But do come on out, come on out. I'm just going to move this so I've got a bit more space. This chair, sorry, Dan. Um, Great. Whilst you're coming out, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to help us as we think about this part of God's word. Father, thank you so, so much that your word, that it speaks truth to us. I pray that whether this is the first time we've heard this story or whether, whether we're actually sitting here thinking we kind of know all this already, would you speak to us? Would you help us not just to know what your word is saying, but, but to realize where maybe we might disagree with your word and to see the beauty in what you have to say to us, I pray. So help us now, help us later as we look at this. Amen. Fantastic. I need a volunteer to help me uh, as we work through this. Ezra, come on out. Grab a seat here. Now, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad Ezra, for later on that I've just seen your dad come in, which is useful. Because uh, Not that I'm going to put you on the spot, but you know, if you will sit at the back of church, you know. My eyes and anyway, no, in all seriousness, we are going to use my special 
feelingsometer, okay? Uh, and my feelingsometer is going to help us as we go through this story to think what it must have been like. Ezra, I'm really sorry, but right at the moment, you are what was called in the Bible reading the paralytic or the paralyzed man. Do you know what paralyzed means, Ezra? Sorry, two seconds. Everything underneath it um, wouldn't work. Everything underneath, wherever you've broken your back, wouldn't work. That is, that is not only the right answer, but also a very medically accurate answer. That is, that is very good. Well, yeah, let's give him a round of applause. That's awesome. Prize. Oh, yeah, you'll get a prize in a minute. But, hey, you've, you've got a lot more work to get your prize. So, back in those days, that would mean that you wouldn't be able to go to work... It would mean that you would probably have had to ask other people for food and for money to support you. How are we feeling? How, how do you reckon you'd feel? Would you feel really happy, really sad? How are you feeling at the moment? Pretty sad? Do you reckon? Show me on your thumbs. What do we think? Yeah, pretty, pretty sad on the feelingsometer. But you have heard that there is this guy who is doing amazing things. He is making people well. He is casting out demons. He is preaching as nobody has ever preached before. And he is coming to near to you. How are you feeling at this point, Ezra? Um, getting happier. Getting happier. That's right. But what's the problem, Ezra? I can't move. You can't move. My legs. Your legs. That's right. How are you going to get to Jesus? Wow. Go on. Shout. Shout. That's a good way of doing it. Well, what this man needed to do was to convince somebody to carry him to Jesus. Now, Ezra, do you ever convince your dad to do anything? If you were asking your dad to pick you up and give you a carry around and to carry you to Jesus, how do you think you would do it? I'm going to give you this microphone. And I want you to convince your dad that it's a good thing to give you a piggyback to see Jesus. How would you do it? Scream. You'd scream. I'm going to move the microphone back here. Go, go on then. That's good. Who, what, what father's heartstrings isn't pulled by that? Help me. What else might you say? If you want to get... Carry to, me. Carry let me. me. Let me. Let me move. Carry me. Carry me. Carry me. Carry me. And sure enough, he had four friends. In this case, we're going to use you, Danny, uh, who would come and pick him up. Now, at this stage, how do you think our paralyzed man is feeling? He's convinced his four friends to pick him up. How is he feeling? Ezra, if I can come to this end of you. Um, how, how, are we, how are we feeling at this point? Uh, Happy. Yeah, I think we're, we're, we're up towards the happy scale. So off they go, and they go all the way to Jesus. You can do that by going. That's, that's great. As long as you like, Danny. And they came all the way to Jesus. But do you know what happened when they got to Jesus? Jesus was a popular guy. In fact, Jesus was so popular that the place he was in, the house he was in, was full. Remember, only last week we saw at the end of it that he had to go to the quiet places because everybody wanted to hear Jesus teaching. 
How are you feeling now? Um, quite sad. Quite sad. My oh dear, my feelingsometer has gone terribly wrong. Um, <laughs> he was happy. He was sad. How is he going to get to Jesus? Through the roof. Somebody thought lateral thinking. Say, <laughs> the friends. They climbed up onto the roof. In those days, they would have had flat roofs. People would have slept up there, worked up there, that sort of thing. Uh, and the roof would have had wood, and then it would have had dirt. And his friends thought, I know. I'm going to dig through the roof to get to Jesus. Imagine this. If you were sat in there, it's, it is rammed. No social distancing. Everybody's tucked in together. And you're listening to this Jesus, and you've, you've waited there for hours to get there. And then you begin to see bits of dirt dropping down. I don't know. I I kind of imagine if this was in England, everyone would kind of politely ignore it for a little while. (laughs) And then it kind of gets too big to ignore. And all of a sudden, there's a big hole in the ceiling. And down comes the man, lowered down. And Jesus looks at him. And he says to him, Your sins are forgiven. How are you feeling? Happy. 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 My sins are forgiven. That's absolutely right. Wow, that's great. I wonder if he would have been happy, but maybe he had some other questions. Why did you go to Jesus? Because I'm paralyzed. (laughs) Because you're paralyzed. And Jesus looks at this man and says, your sins are forgiven. You can imagine all the disciples sort of around Jesus going, um, <clears throat> I think this one's to do with the legs, Jesus. I think maybe that you came for something else. So why does Jesus say your sins are forgiven? That's a funny thing. But then Jesus goes on and he says, to show that that is true, to show that I can really do that, I'm going to say, get up, take your mat and walk. How are you feeling? Oh, you're walking. Amazing. How are you feeling? Sad? Speechless. Speechlessly happy. <laughs> Fantastic. Well done, Ezra. Do you take a seat. I will get you a, uh, I'll get you a prize in a minute. Or maybe take a seat that way and that would be, be fab. Thank you, Danny, for your part. Um, I'm not sure if we've got enough prizes for you as well, but we'll see. Now, that's a, a really interesting thing, isn't it? Because we've just seen a story where Jesus starts off by forgiving this man's sins. And that would have been a strange thing. Why does Jesus do that? Well, I'm going to need uh, to, to explain using another illustration. So uh, Chris Pocock uh, is going to come on up. Chris sat in the front row. Got my eyes on you. Take a seat. Uh, and Chris, Chris, as you know, is fairly haggard. He has been through the wars. He is... Not the youthful man he once was. And so let me just list some of Chris's ailments. Chris, when cutting grass the other day, got a bit of a nasty splinter in his hand. You can pop that on if you like. That would be great. Chris has grazed his knee, but he is also having a heart attack. Now, here's the thing. It's okay because in our church family, we've got a paramedic in Tom Fernihuff, but he's not here today. So what he has done is he has sent his uniform 
for somebody to wear. So I'm going to need a, another volunteer. Another volunteer, do you want to come out? Remind me of your name again, buddy? Jacob, excellent. Jacob, can I get you just to stick that on over your jumper? Is that all right? There you go. This is a real paramedic. And then you want to pop your arms in there as well. That's great. This is a real paramedic's top, which I think means that you must be qualified to sort out Chris. Okay? Is that all right? Great. Now, the paramedic has arrived. Chris, don't worry. It's all right. Now, I think... I mean, I'm not a paramedic, but I think splinters are really painful. So if I were you, I would start with the splinter. Okay? Now, do you think that is good advice or bad advice? Let's, let's help on our thumbs. Good advice or bad advice? Bad advice. Do you think it's good advice or bad advice? Bad. Yeah, I think it might be bad. But why? Why is it bad advice? Because a heart attack can because a heart attack can hurt, that's true, but a splinter can hurt as well. I, if you've ever had a splinter in your face, really sore, I wouldn't want a splinter very long. Let, should we see what, should we ask other people and see if they can help us even more? Okay, go on then. Um, Henry, go on. Because the heart is more important, that's right. Yes, yeah, so his heart might kill him, but his splinter, well, hopefully won't, although it is pretty beefy. Um, <laughs> So, should we mend his heart? Let's just turn this around. There we go. And we have mended his heart. And then we do a splinter. Well done. Do, do take a seat. We'll give you a round of applause. You can wear that as long as you like, as long as you give it back at the end. Um, we have mended Chris's heart before we mend his splinter. Why? Because the heart is the thing that is most important. The heart is the thing that could kill him. You see, Jesus deals with this man's sin first. Because it is our biggest issue. Jesus deals with the sin first because it is our biggest issue. Sin is the stuff that gets in between us and God. Sin is the stuff that means that we can't have a right relationship with God. But the amazing thing is that Jesus forgives this man's sin. He forgives his sin. And that tells us that our sin is our biggest problem. But Jesus can forgive us. We're going to think a little bit more about that in a few minutes' time. Uh, for now, if you are sitting down here, feel free to move back into your place. I'm going to ask Ali to, uh, I'm going to hand back to Ali, and um, Chris, I'll see you in a few minutes' time. Thanks. Thank you, Ali. Uh, Chris, come on back up. We're going to need you again. So you take a seat, and uh, let me give you back your splinter. And, uh, and that's great. And again, if you are one of our younger members and you want to come on up, that's, that is fantastic. As you do that, let me ask you to answer this question. What is the biggest problem with the world? To have a bit of a think. I'm not asking you to say it out loud, but have a bit of a think. Come on up, grab a, grab a grown-up if you want to, and that's great. What's the biggest problem in this world? What does the world need most? These are questions, uh, they're, they're what's called a rhetorical question, so you're just thinking of the answer in your head. Do grab a seat, that would be, be brilliant. Uh, and uh, I think there are lots of really good answers to that question. There are lots of problems in this world, aren't there? We live at the moment in a country where there is what's called the cost of living crisis. People can't afford to heat their homes. Some people can't afford to buy the food that they need. That is a big problem. Uh, we live in a world where there is global warming, and that has all sorts of uh, impacts, and that is a big problem. 
Which makes it a bit funny, doesn't it? If what I was saying at the first part of this talk is true, Jesus says our biggest problem is sin. And that's almost a bit offensive for us to hear when there are so many other problems. And actually, if that's true, that probably explains why Jesus and the church go on and on about sin. You see, there are lots of people who would say, this world has got all sorts of problems. What we need to do is we need to be sorting out some of those problems. We need to be working for peace. We need to be feeding people who are hungry. We need to make sure we have lots of warm places for people who are cold. And I'm not disputing that. But if our biggest problem is sin, that's why Jesus and the church keep talking about it. It's a bit like this. Uh, Chris has got uh, his splinter. And I hate getting splinters. Uh, And I wonder, what do you do when you get splinters? Uh, One of the things that you might do is you might call on a magic bottle. A magic bottle with a syringe in it. And it's very sugary. Can anyone guess what I might be talking about? Grace. Do you want Daddy to tell me instead? Is it cowpaw? That's right. We might call on cowpaw. Cowpaw is a wonderful thing. I love cowpaw. As a parent, I really love cowpaw. It is an amazing, amazing thing because cowpaw, it makes the pain go away, doesn't it? When we're not feeling very well. And cowpaw is a really good thing, but it doesn't fix the problem for good. Cowpaw is good, but it doesn't fix the problem for good. As a church, we do things like our warm space that we've just started. That is a really important good thing for us to be doing as a church. It's something that makes a real difference to people's life. It's a really important thing, but it won't fix the problem for good. So I'll give you some cowpaw there. But the splinter is still in place. What else might we use when we have got a splinter? Some tweezers. Excellent. We're going to come back to the tweezers. You're one step ahead of me. That's absolutely right. But good. What other things might we do? We might put it over where we've got a cut. Um, Go on, buddy. A plaster. That's absolutely right. Plasters are great things. They're really important things. They stop things from getting infected, don't they? As a church, we support a food bank. And that is a really important thing that we should be doing. Really important. It's a bit like a plaster. It helps. It makes a tangible difference to the world. It's important, but it doesn't fix the problem for good. You see, Jesus here does something strange. And grown-ups, I'm talking to you for a moment here. Jesus both heals this man later on, but before he does that, he forgives this man's sins. Now, this isn't a one-to-one relationship, grown-ups. It's not that this man did these things wrong and therefore he was paralyzed. That is not, Jesus makes it really clear elsewhere in the scriptures, that is not the case. But he does link the brokenness of this world to sin. Everybody, I'm saying that there is a brokenness in our world and that brokenness all comes from our sin. If you like, sin is a bit like the splinter And the brokenness of the world is a bit like the pain. The only way that Chris is going to get well 
is actually if we take the splinter out. If we take the splinter out, that's the way that ultimately things are going to be made right, isn't it? We've got to take the splinter out. These other things are important. They're really important, but they won't fix things for good. What Jesus does when he forgives this man's sin is he fixes this world for good. Now, that doesn't mean that if we come to Jesus and we trust him and we have our sins forgiven, that we're never going to get splinters, we're never going to have bad things happen to us. Often when you've had a splinter, it still hurts for a while afterwards, doesn't it? But if the splinter is gone, there will be a day when it no longer hurts. Jesus talks about sin, talks about forgiving sin, because he knows that having forgiven sin, there'll be a day when we no longer hurt. And that's the day that we're looking forward to. So... Jesus deals with this man's sin first because it's our biggest problem. Jesus deals with our biggest problem so that one day he will deal with all of the brokenness of this world. And we look forward to that day very, very much. Let me lead us in a prayer. Dear God, thank you so much for good things that we can do as a church family. Thank you for our food bank. Thank you for uh, warm spaces. Thank you for Natter. Thank you for uh, lunches that we do. Thank you for things that we give out Those are really important things, and we don't want to in any way undermine any of those. But ultimately, Father, we want our priority to be where Jesus is. Thank you that you forgave that man's sins. Thank you that if we trust you, you forgive our sins. And thank you that one day that will mean that there's no more brokenness or hurting or illness or disease or selfishness or hurting in this world. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. I'm going to pass back to Ali.